welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk and get the athletic for a discounted rate. Man, we've got Michele Barra here as always on Mondays. Michele, last night we saw a game that was enjoyable from the Oklahoma City Thunder. This was the perfect moral victory for the Thunder in which you see them compete for 48 minutes. You get good things out of your major building blocks in Shea, Dort, mm-hmm. and Giddy. And you get good vibes at a home game in the arena. You get somebody winning $20,000 hitting the half-court shot. Just overall, just a wonderful night here in OKC. It was a, a very, very good game. I mean, I woke up at 5.30 uh, with no absolutely <laughs> no expectations yeah. uh, i thought well i usually look at the number of texts that are in the group chat and i said 14 oh no <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a 70 points uh the, yeah the, the dtd uh, group chat night. was pretty there was not a lot going on in it last night i don't know why i don't know if it's sunday yeah. night game or what it was but yeah yeah so after the first quarter i said hmm okay well we lasted 12 now it comes the and then wow 24 yeah. wow 36 minutes of real basketball <laughs> this is this is awesome it was it was really great i mean starting with shay just getting on track right just mm-hmm. after maybe the first quarter i don't know when it started to really click for him but he started to get in the lane i think honestly it was when he wasn't playing with Derek Favors. And that's going to be something to watch for, is that having a big that can shoot, and this is something we we talked about it all summer. Like, What would you rather have, like a rim-running big? Well, they don't really have a rim-running big, but would you rather have a a big guy that takes up space in the paint that's going to score on the rim, or do you want a big that's going to stretch the floor? And I think with the combination of Shane Giddy, I think it's quite obvious that you would rather have a big that stretches the floor because you saw when Mike and when JRE were in there that Shea was able to get where he wanted a lot easier, especially with Mike, is able to get to where Mm -hmm. he wanted so much easier than when Faves was in there. Yeah, that is is right. Um, I think that like Muscala or JRE are not the only types of uh thank you tyler i just went over of work that's why uh nothing nothing special um no no, no this is uh, hold on anyway, i need uh, to we need to address this real quick we've got we're getting all the comments in the chat on youtube this is another reason to subscribe to our youtube channel go to youtube.com search down to dunk and subscribe because you get to see mckelly looking amazing just he's he's <laughs> he looks just so so good. Hey, just have a tie. This is mandatory at my no, office. No, no, you look great. This is my mandatory office uh, gear right here. But man, this is this is worth worth subscribing and watching the YouTube page. By the way, okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um, apart from that, uh, I think that uh, a stretch big makes things extremely easier uh, for a guy like Shay. I'm not sure if it's the only type because, like, as of now, Shea is not getting any spot up look. Yeah. Like, 
no one um and not one so i think that if you have a, a big that can like play the post uh like being a rim runner and also playing the post and maybe trying to be creative from there that is another way in which a lineup can work yeah. but shooting like it, it's clear like when you have muscala in the corner Embiid knows that he cannot leave mm -hmm. him and so it's not he cannot commit to to patrol the paint and Shea is very good at waiting recognizing when Embiid has to step out and just do it and and, and he did it against I mean two of the best defenders uh maybe not Danny Green not anymore but Batiste Thibel is very good yeah and he just had nothing for Shea. He didn't. He was so good against Matisse, which makes you feel really, really good because there were the first two games, Shea just didn't look like himself. You know, and he admit he admitted mm -hmm. that, you know, owned that mm -hmm. after the game. He wasn't looking like, man, like this is, it's really hard to play with these new guys, which he could say that. He could say, like, he could say, listen, like this is a young team and they don't know where they're supposed to be and it's really hard to play with them. And that's mm -hmm. valid, right? Like that's absolutely yes. a valid excuse for not playing well. But he's, but he doesn't do that. He says, you know, I've I've got to adjust. I've got to get better. And he was better. Uh, it also helps when you have Josh Giddy playing the way that he did yesterday. He finished with nineteen, eight and seven, four steals. Yeah, that's crazy. He hit a three there in the corner toward the end of the game to cut the lead to eight. Uh, an outstanding performance from him. He only shot three free throws. He was two of three. He was he was outstanding. He had the floater game going, which I thought was the most impressive part of his offensive night, is that he Agreed. has that in his bag. And then he obviously, the passing, again, was superb. And one of the things I noticed, I went back and rewatched some possessions this morning. And the way that the opportunities that he is specifically giving to Darius Baisley are about as good mm. as you could hope for if you're Baze. Uh And yet. And, and yet things aren't working out well for him yet. But I will say that they are putting him in position to hit open corner threes and to attack closeouts with passes that are just right on target. And that those things mm -hmm. are those things are really, really important because you want to talk about development and like just having good passes from guys on the court. I think Shea's gotten better as a passer. I think Giddy's really good. Having two good passers that are lead guards for your team is so helpful for the development of like standstill scores. Like Baze is not necessarily a standstill score, but like I think it's what he may ultimately end up being. Dort's kind of more mm -hmm. of that. JRE is certainly that. Like, you know, Kenrich, like it's, it's just really helpful for all those guys in their development. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. Um and the thing that I liked the most about Giddy and Shea is that the first two game was kind of like out of sync. Yeah. And and I thought that last night Shea had his moments, um uh, but they also tried to run screens for each other uh, at the top of the key. Yeah. That is something that I want to see more. A and the rhythm was there. I mean, when you have rhythm, like Giddy is such a, like a rhythm player. Uh, like it's almost like he follows his own 
theme in, and, and, and when the team is following him like every, everything works uh, better everything looks smooth and and yeah I think that again by the end of the season we'll see that Giddy will handle most of the possessions that are against like a set defense mm-hmm. and, and maybe it's a, just a single pick and roll and then you handle the ball to the, you hand the ball to Shea and he cooks from there um, but the initial action the initial pick and roll I mean you can see like Giddy has such a great court, court vision uh, that is it's, it's just a pity to put him in the corner I mean he can relocate afterwards mm-hmm. but initially like let him attack let him create and and Shea can feed off of him uh, again if you move the defense and Shea can um, can have maybe breed instead of Matisse Tybal against him that is better I mean he can beat Tybal but can you imagine if he handles like half of his possessions against a sub defender because Giddy already moved uh, the box and find like a better matchup for him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't have as many bad possessions, not not bad possessions, but like misplaced confidence possessions last night from other players. Yeah, it was mostly Shane Giddy, which is what. Which is what you want. Like these are the uh, those are the, really the only elite creators on the team. And then, like, yeah. am I just insane to think that the next in line is Trey Man? Kind of. Uh, you're kind of mad. Uh, um, like, I, I think he can create for himself. Create for himself, yes. Create a shot for himself. Better than the most. Yes. Better than everybody, in my um, opinion, right? Who am I missing out? Who am I missing? Dort? I think that Kenrich is a good creator. Yeah, for both yeah, himself yeah, and yeah, others. yeah, yeah. He is. Among the young guys, yes. I need more Trey, man. Honestly. He's fun. He is really fun. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's creative uh, with his, like, not with his shot, but how he gets to the basket. I mean, it's... Um, it's good to see him playing. Um, he's tall too. To like me, he's legit six five out there, and yeah. he's yeah. real skinny. And it will take some time for him to fill out. But the fact that he's six five and not six three is kind of a big deal. Oh, that helps. And he's got big hair too. Yeah, like he looks like he's six six almost out there. <laughs> yeah, and if you think that he's a six three point guard then you're not you're not as concerned about about the the wingspan mm-hmm. which is not positive yes right. um but he but he is 6-5 so that's that's okay mm-hmm. um i think that i mean the rotation will settle i'm convinced of that we already saw today like a i think a couple, like it was the last hour or maybe a little bit earlier uh that uh, with Krejci is assigned to the blue yep. we'll see more of this oh, we'll yeah. see like a lot of guys getting minutes there and not with the grown-ups um yep. for sure though in terms of guards uh apart from shay and, and giddy who will play and will play a lot and should play 30 plus every single night I think that Manny is the next in line. I mean, if you consider Kenrich to be a forward. Um, Teo has been terrible and Ty just couldn't hit anything uh, from three. Mm-hmm. So, but Teo is kind of, I'm kind of worried about last night. And even the first the first two games, you say, well, everyone played bad to awfully bad. Mm-hmm. But he was terrible last night. And yep. most of the team wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, he's just kind of out there, you know? And he's not mm-hmm. horrible on defense. 
but he's not good. Yeah. Uh, no. Offensively, you start to kind of wonder, like, if he doesn't hit spot-up threes, it's like, really, what is he supposed to be when he's on the court? Because uh, he's not a great creator. He's not great in the pick and roll. He's not a he's a good but not great passer. I mean, the thing about the NBA is that if you want to be in the rotation, you have to either be good at lots of things or great at one or two things, right? Like mm-hmm. Dort's a great defender, and he's good at other things. But the great defender will yeah. always get him out there. Uh, yeah. I would say that you know Josh Giddy great passer good at other things but great passer like he's going to yeah. play a lot Kenrich Williams great defender good at other things Teo what's he good what's he know. good at is the question I mean I think that he kind of he's kind of lost somewhere because I remember him being way more assertive mm-hmm. um, during some games last season. Uh, in preseason, we saw like uh, the best version of him probably. Mm-hmm. One of the fir- the best games that he had was, I think, the first or second game that he had in, in preseason. Yep, and then he, yeah, I kind of like, we said, wow, this is very mature. Uh, he's playing with so much poise. And, and then the poise went away. Mm-hmm. Um, the shot from three went away. And now, like, no poise, no real creation, no shot, uh, which is the real issue. Because if you have a 6-5 guard that can play defense and is a reliable shooter, that 6-5 guard will find place in the uh, time in the league. Um, But the shooting is, it's not there. Mm. Like, it's just, like, he had an air ball, basically, from the corner. It was a wide-open shot. Is wide open. He has no rhythms and probably no. It's kind of in a lack of faith uh, in himself somehow. Mm-hmm. You knew. I, I remember that play when the ball came off his t- fingertips. You just knew there's no chance that ball's going in. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. just not happening. Even before, <laughs> even before, uh, it was not like one. Like if you look Seth Curry, uh, oh, um, like shooting, like that is perfect movement. He catches. He's already moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and like towards the shot motion, it's you can see that the ball will go in. Um, and and Maladon, it was um, I think it was a bit afraid yeah. of taking that shot. You can see man, like with with man, you can see when he's going in and when it, it, it it's not. Mm-hmm. And over the past few games, you can see like when he has his feet set, boom, that that's automatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm I'm not saying like we should give up on Teo, throw him to the blue, cut him, trade him, whatever. Like I, that's not how I feel. It's just well, it's, it's just well, that <laughs> it's just that maybe we a few need games with the blue more, and that maybe and just to regain it's some clear confidence. The team believes in him because they're giving him minutes, and not everybody's getting minutes, which is a, a great transition to our guy Alexei Pokushevsky, and we will talk about Poku right after this quick break. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we're back after that quick break. We've got to talk about Poku. Six minutes, 43 seconds in this game. Uh... Did more than Teo in his six minutes, and Teo got double the minutes. He got 13 minutes, four points, a rebound. He did get blocked by Embiid. Uh, got blocked. He's got his three blocked by Tybal. It's, uh, I didn't think he was that bad in those minutes, however. I thought that the assist that he had was really nice. I thought the the way that he he played pretty steady to me. Um, mm-hmm. He scored four points. I, I don't know. I thought he was fine in those minutes, and then you just didn't see him again until the last few seconds of the game. And so it's a little confusing to me because this is a developmental year, and a guy like Poku should be getting more time. Like Honestly, like if this were a team... Like if this were the Charlotte Hornets and Kenrich and Poku were on the Charlotte Hornets, it'd be no question that Kenrich Williams should be playing over Alexa Pukoshevsky. Yes. Um, because the Charlotte Hornets would like to be in the playoffs. They would like to be six seed or higher. That's their goal. Yeah. Uh, the Thunder's goal is to have the first overall pick in the NBA draft. And Poku is more, sure. more helpful <laughs> in that manner. Now, there's a lot of factors at play, and there's a lot of guys yes. that they want to play on this roster. I think they want to see Vid Kretschy. I think they want to see Isaiah Roby. Both of them didn't play at all last night. I think they want to see Ty Jerome. Ty Jerome didn't touch the floor last mm-hmm. night. So it's not like he's getting DMPs, uh, which is good. No, no DMP CDs for Poku, but he is getting limited minutes, in which case I said on Thunder After Dark with John Hamm last night that I asked Mark about it after the game, and he mentioned that guys will be sent down to the blue. He said that doesn't necessarily mean Poku will be sent to the blue. Um, mm-hmm. But I would rather him play six minutes with the Thunder and 30 minutes with the blue, you know, during the week than just six minutes with the Thunder, you know. Like, I think he needs to, I think he. Above a lot of these other guys with, for development, needs to play. I just think he needs to play. Yeah, and he needs to play with good players. Yeah, like um, James Anderson in the chat says something that I I really like, uh, and to me it's uh, it's the point of this season. Like uh, James says, give Poku some of Basley's minutes, especially while he's struggling. Um, I think that that is valid, and you can also take five six seven minutes from um from maledon because mm-hmm. you you don't have to play tail um you can play man giddy and shay you have enough guards there yeah. you have dort so you have already your guard rotation set um you can play poco with kenrich giddy and shay uh, as the four men well you can even play like basely at the five um and poco at the four just just play around with it mm-hmm. uh, you want to play jre 15 
great, do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but give Poku that time because I think that um, if you want him to be your creator this season, like probably you'll be disappointed. But I think that it's important for him to learn how to play off of Shea, off of Giddy, um, off of Kenrich. And and that to, to me is missing right now. He's playing with uh, this combo, this combobulated unit with with Maladon as the point guard. Yeah. Um, th- this will like with with uh, like no spacing. Mm-hmm. So it's um, I'm not sure. I like yeah, um, I don't like it the either. way. I I'd rather see him start over Baisley, just flat out. And the Baisley's done some good things, and he's had some rough nights too. Yeah, it's been a mixed bag overall, but. You know, f- selfishly for my own enjoyment, I would like to see Poku starting over Darius Basley, <laughs> and that's and that's kind of what it all comes down to. Everybody is that selfishly? That's what I want to see because it's just more fun yeah. for me. Uh, is Basley and like I don't know who's the better defender right now because I don't think Poku's that bad. No, it's not bad. It's not as physical though. Um, can't be. Can't be as they, physical they, yet. Certainly, yeah. And you can you cannot you can probably you don't you can't have him guard like a a very strong guy. Um, yeah, he's more like a guard slash wing defender than a wing slash forward defender. Yeah, because I mean, here's here's the problem. Said on Wednesday night, Anthony Davis is playing the power forward. And will there be minutes yes. of Poku guarding AD? Like the answer is no. <laughs> No, I can tell you already. I don't need to see it. It's just not going to happen. Uh, they're not going to put him in that position. Is Baisley going to guard Anthony Davis? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yes, he will. And does Baisley yes, give up strength and size and everything against him? Yep, yes. <laughs> he does. But Baisley's more experienced, and they're going to give him every shot. And also, there is some truth to the fact that. This is essential. This is like a contract year for Darius, right? Like they need, mm-hmm. they need to know, have to know what he is, because if he, if there, if there's a moment where things just click for Darius this season, and like they don't want to miss out on that, is is really what it comes down to. They need to know, and I know a lot of fans are just out, and that's okay. You can have that opinion. Everybody can have whatever opinion they want to have on him. But the mm-hmm. but if I'm I don't know that I would if I were running the team, I don't know that I would be doing things all that different with regards to the starting lineup now. However, I would want Poku to play more off the bench. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't I would want to know what what to do with Darius as well. You know, I I want to see him against starting level players. Who can he hang with? Who is he not able to hang with? Like, give me a sample size. Like, give me a 50-game sample size of who Darius is playing against, how he looked against these players. Who is he better than at the four position? Is it nobody? Because perhaps it's nobody. Like, that could be the answer that you get to after 50 games. And if that's the case, we're not going to extend him. You know, yes. we're gonna even let it. We're even no, gonna do like sense. the qualifying offer with them or something like that. Like, like we don't we don't need to do this song and dance with with Darius. Or maybe there's somebody that is interested in him and will give us a top twenty protected first round pick for Darius, which seems insane to me today. But perhaps mm-hmm. that's out there. 
then you go ahead and go do that. But I think that I think that it just all comes down to like you just need to know. Like we just you just have to know beyond the shadow of the doubt, especially with these young guys, what to do. They have more time with Poku. They've got more time yes, they have. to figure it out and to slow play it. And to and frankly, we don't know what he's working on in practice. We don't know what he's working mm-hmm. on in the weight room. We don't know what the trainers are saying. We don't yeah. we are operating with such a small amount of information. You know, this isn't just like 2K where it's like, let me set the rotation and let's just go have fun. Yeah. But there's like real there's real like human body development to do with Poku, you know? Like that's Yeah. That's the way Yeah, that it still is. still it, it is a little bit weird. Let's put it this way: that is, the the six is very low. It's too low, uh, even accounting everything. So it's too low. I'm fine to. I agree that you need to know about Basley, and there are moments where Basley does very good things on the court, um, not too many. Um, and with him, uh, same same thing that we said for Maladon. I mean, the three ball has to fall in order for Basley to be um, a better player. I remember in the first year being obsessed by the fact that that guy couldn't finish but hey the three look good and now we are kind of at the opposite of the spectrum um it is weird he's trying Um, to dunk things more than just like he would get to the rim and just try to lay it up or would get there and throw things up now he's like all right i'm just gonna dunk it when i get there which is great which is good that's what he should do yeah now if we can just get the three ball back that he had his rookie season then you're talking about a very helpful player if if he's hitting 38 percent of his threes and attacking Whoa. a closeout like that, like that's a real player. And the fact is, like yes. he, he, I think he has it in him to do that. And he's got to put it together. And if we we could be at game forty five, and we're like, wow, like man, Bays is taking four threes a game. He's hitting thirty eight percent. He's you know averaging twelve points mm-hmm. per game on forty five percent from the field, thirty eight percent from three. Like, wow, what a nice step forward. Yeah. And. Would yes. it be? Would things have to be that different, at, you know, than than they are now? Besides, just the ball going in the hoop, like not really, yeah, not really that different yeah. because he's doing the things in transition you want him to do. Now, should yes. should he be trying to dunk on Embiid? Like it was, it could have been an amazing moment, but it had it was like one of those like one percent moments where it's like, man, yeah, one percent chance that you're gonna do this, Bays. But I, it was there. There is. Uh, some excitement and that he is willing to go for those kind of things uh, overall. But I, the Baza conversation is an interesting one. The Poku one is a simple, it's a simple one to me. It's mm-hmm. play him 20 minutes with the big guys yeah. or send him to the blue. Yeah. It, it feels a little bit like a demotion if you do it this year, more than last year. But hey, if that is the best it, way to give him time, we need we don't know where he is developmentally. Yeah, we just you we know, just it, don't it, know. It is true, it is true. I'm I hope that they will give him fifteen slash twenty with good players around him. Yeah. Um, to me, it makes so much sense to have him being the the first sub for Basley. Like, just do it. Yeah. Uh, or sub sub favors. And don't put Jerry in immediately. I know Jerry is playing well. Um, but hey, he can be the second, the third off the bench. I'm sure he doesn't mind. Um, so it's, uh, but that's my idea. I mean, I, I just want to see 
Giddy, Shay, and Poco together mm. um, with Poco feeding off, it, off Giddy and uh, and Shay because they can find good shots for him. Yep. And um, the shots where he was blocked were like very bad possessions overall that ended up in Poco's hands and he had to do something. And he had Tybal on him too, who has yeah. more length. And I think it was think. late on the clock. It's late in the clock. Tybal's on him. He's got to put something up. His release is still lower than it needs to be. You know, there's just there are a lot of factors that led to that happening. I I I'm with you. I would if it were me choosing, I would choose 20 minutes with a thunder rather than yeah. 35 with the blue. Yeah. Um yeah. But I don't get to choose. I don't get to choose nope. that. And it's it just is what it is. But um one thing that we do know is that the rotation's not staying the same. Like Isaiah Roby didn't no. play. He went from starting to not playing. Uh, oh, because too bad. <laughs> because they're tinkering with the they're tinkering with everything, and so is did it, you miss it? No, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> is it is it possible that Poku plays thirty minutes in the next game? Sure. Mm, unlikely, but yeah. Is it definitely more possible, possible. that he plays twenty minutes in the next game? 30 is going to be tough. 30, 30 is tough off the bench. It's tough to play yeah. somebody 30 minutes off the bench. Yeah. Uh, you basically have to start them. And I don't think they're mm-hmm. going to start Poku nope. this season unless there's an injury. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. certainly what happened. Uh, okay, we're going to do uh, some questions. Uh, before we do questions, I want to remind you guys that we are having a down to dunk night at the Thunder Arena on November 15th. It's a Monday. We have sold out of our guaranteed spots for the live podcast. Wow. Uh, you can still get a ticket and go to the game uh, and hang out with us afterwards. We're going to go down to the court. We're going to take a big picture. We are going to shoot a... Everyone's going to have a chance to shoot a half-court shot. If you make it, you get a cool Thunder Prize pack, uh, courtesy of the Oklahoma City Thunder, which will be very, very cool. So be sure that you come. You can still get to the live pod if you buy tickets now you just don't have a guaranteed spot and the space is pretty limited so if you want if you buy your ticket today i'd say get to our live pod early to grab a spot because there will be other spaces there but they are um this the tap tap house tap house yes tap house which is just across the street from the arena is being quite strict on space but the good news is, no matter where you are there, there's like an upstairs and a downstairs. There's a stage that we will be doing the live show on that it'll be the Frypod crew plus Alex, um, which will be super fun. Uh, we'll miss McKelly dearly during that. Um, but anyways, it's going to be really, really fun. My friend Dane uh, is going to make a video of that night so uh, that we will put up on YouTube, I think we'll do the live pod and put that up on YouTube, and then we'll also um, have like a recap of the night with the half court shots and everybody in the crowd. Like it's just going to be fun. It's just going to be one of those nights to remember for down to dunk listeners. So be sure to be there and hang out with us that night. You can go check it out. Just go if, even if you don't have Twitter. Like if you have Twitter, go to our page and there's the link there. Um, that's pinned and if you don't have twitter you can google down to dunk twitter and then you can click on the link from there is is how you could approach that because i know some people are like oh i don't have twitter well you can still go to your web browser and search that way that's about the best way i can tell you 
to get that. So, or if you really need it and you don't still can't access it that way, you can email me at dtdpodcast at gmail.com and I'm glad to send you the link um, and hook you up. So, all right. Let's try to so answer jealous. some questions. I know. I'm, 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 a, I'm, just, I'm sad that you can't be there. McKelly is one of my favorite people in the whole world. I just, I wanted to be there just cause, but uh, it would make. Hey, it. we'll make it happen. Not this time. Next one. Yes, I would love that. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. I love it. All right. Let's answer some questions before we go. We only have uh, about eight minutes left that we're going to do this. So here is the first question. It comes from Lester Freeman, a longtime listener, Lester Freeman. Uh, do you question the decision to have Poku skip a summer league given that his feel for the game seems to lag behind his individual skills? seems like he needs some game experience more than skill development. I don't think that he feels for his feel for the game is low. I actually think it's pretty high. Um, maybe like maybe he's not in game shape. That is probably right. Um, he's not maybe up to speed in terms of reactions and stuff like that uh, on some occasions. Um, but I don't think he lacks feel. I mean, the the the, the pass that he made yesterday, or just take yesterday alone, mm-hmm. that doesn't seem like a player that lack uh, feel. 
he may lack of reps. Uh, in that, I agree. I mean, he has to play. He has to play, and he has to play with the with the good ones because, again, I think that he complements Shay and Giddy better than than others. And his best games last season, I mean, probably the best was uh, with Shay mm-hmm. against Memphis. It was very good. So, yep. that's that again. Yep. Uh. All right, this is a this is a good one. I was actually thinking about this earlier. This is from at JMS underscore chemist. It's been great to watch Gideon Shea, but I'm not sure we have enough shooting. Looking at the schedule, would you take the over or under two wins by Thanksgiving? So let's take a look at the schedule from here to Thanksgiving. And you just tell me win or loss. Golden State on Tuesday. Loss. Lakers on Wednesday loss yeah i just wonder lebron may not play one lebron tends to not play in oklahoma city for whatever reason um what about no lebron Mm, loss okay (laughs) golden state probably probably more yeah i would lean more heavily i thought that if the team plays um like with with everyone Mm -hmm. maybe they just say well it's a game where they don't play defense. Yeah. Without LeBron, Russ will feel that this is oh, a game that he cannot absolutely lose. It's Westbrook's it will Super Bowl, be, man. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. He will be in preserve mode. And anything can happen, but uh, most likely, since AD is there, they will win. I cannot wait. I honestly cannot wait for that one. Um, then they go on the road. Golden State, Clippers, Lakers. Are they going to win any of those? Mm. oh boy no uh yeah that's uh that's not good so we're already at november 4th with no um no wins uh november 7th this is where things get a little dicey november 7th they play in okc against the san antonio spurs that's the first win of the season okay there's one number one yes okay then they travel to new orleans November 10th. That is win number two. Okay. Back-to-back wins. I kind of think so, too. In OKC against Sacramento. That is a, that is a good game mm-hmm. that OKC will play uh, up until the end, but Ludort will come up short yeah. from the corner. <laughs> Nets Miami on the 14th no, no. and 15th. Nope. Houston Rockets, Wednesday, November 17th. In OKC or in Houston? In OKC. That's a win. Yeah, it feels like a win. Three. And then in Milwaukee, in Boston, in Atlanta. No. Yeah, those are all losses for sure. And then they play Utah at home the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. That feels like a big fat nope to me too. So there's three wins. So take you're taking the over. Yeah, I think they will end up what is uh, Thanksgiving is uh, 20 games total or, or less? 15? 18. How many? How many? 18. So 18. 3, and, 3 and 18 sounds 3 and 15. perfectly reasonable to me. Yeah. 3 and 15 feels about right to, yes, have, the worst, yes, 3 and 15, to have the worst record in the league. <laughs> yeah. And it's certainly possible. And that's kind of the thing about this early season schedule for the Thunder is that they have a lot of the bad teams toward the end of the year, which is probably where you're more likely to rest guys. And honestly, some of the bad mm-hmm. teams are going to rest guys. Like they got Orlando twice 
in the span of three days in March. Wow. You know, like those are, those will be big ones. Like honestly, for the standings, those two Orlando games in March, they're going to feel so sad, but they're going to be two big games. We'll see. Maybe my my preview, uh, I have them at 24, uh, Kissy. Uh, maybe they will be at 12 and nothing will matter. <laughs> I mean, you look at the schedule and that it feels like 12 is possible. It really does. No, I don't think so. I mean, they you don't look have at to, it though, like, Michele, like it's, I mean, we got all that, we have three and then like they do have two more games against Houston still. Which are toss-ups, yeah. right? Those are absolute toss-ups. Yeah. I know Houston trucked the Thunder, whatever. They're toss-ups. Like they're they're close, yeah. close to the same level of team. But then like Washington's better, Memphis is better, Toronto's probably better. Lakers, Dallas, Clippers, Memphis, yeah, Denver, but Suns. One here, one there. I know. It's just this is the same stuff we went over last year. But yeah, they'll win. Though they will win games they're not supposed to. Like they'll win. Yeah, they'll beat less than last year. Yeah, they'll beat the Clippers one of these games. They'll beat, you know, they'll beat somebody they're not supposed to. That will happen. But yeah, um, still, it still feels like about nineteen ish wins. Feels that's where I had. Still feels about right. You know. And we'll see. They they may like. I wouldn't be shocked if they beat the Warriors or the Lakers in the next couple of days um, for their first win. I would not. It wouldn't shock me if they did that at home, especially the Lakers. I think, honestly, I think something that would be good for this young group would be beating the Lakers um, because I think they would get you on Sports Center. It gets you yeah. in front of people. You're on national podcasts, people talk about you. You know, they the Thunder beat the you know Josh Giddy. Well, you know, you get some of that. Yeah. Like that's good for them. Like it's it's better that they beat the Lakers and lose to the Pelicans. You know, like that's it's just sure it's just better for them. So yeah, I think that the um, I mean they are shooting terribly from three, and it's not that they will necessarily be better. But there will be a game in which Poku gets into the game and nails the first three, and then you win just because. Yeah, of that. or Shea's not going to shoot so poorly from three the rest of the season. Yeah, Shea's been bad, straight bad from three so yeah. far this season. That's not going to continue. There will be no. a, a week where he shoots fifty percent from three, yes. and they will win two games, two out yes. of four that week or something like that. Yeah, because what is he? I mean, these percentages, like, they mean nothing today. Like, this, the number's so low, it just means absolutely yeah. nothing. But, like, right now, Shea is shooting 15% from three, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it, But it means nothing. And, like, the volume there, like, he's, he's three of 19 from three on the season. Lou Dort, three of 17, 17%. Baisley, one of 13. Holy moly. Um, Poku, two of 10. But then, like... Hey, you, that's better. Yeah. Josh Giddy, two of five, forty percent, on pace oh, for forty percent. On pace for for losing the bet, McKelly, right there. Uh, all right, we're gonna end it there. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, we really do appreciate you guys. This is uh, it's fun that we get to do this every week. It's fun that we get to talk to you guys. Um, got to see some down to dunk listeners yesterday. Got to see uh, Jesse and his wife yesterday at the game, which is really fun. It's just cool that we get to make connections with you guys through the show. 
Uh, looking forward to making more connections with you guys on November 15th. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day, and we will talk to you guys again on Wednesday. Wednesday.